Hey guys, welcome back to another People of the Way podcast. This is Dylan. And this is Dylan. And we are D Squared. Today we are super glad to have my lovely sister. And my lovely wife. Go on and introduce yourself. I'm Caitlin and I'm excited to be a part of today's podcast. And we are excited too because it took a little bit of talking her into it to get her to be a part of the podcast. <laughs> uh, today's topic is on discipleship and what it means to be a disciple. And we couldn't think of a better guest to have on than her she just finished a study on what it means to be a disciple and discipleship for a Friday night Bible study devotional that we do. So super excited for her to be here, super excited to be talking about this. And without further ado, let's hop into it. All right, so before we continue further with, with this whole topic, we must first check out what the Greek is. So the Greek word for disciple is mathetes, meaning a learner or a pupil. Um, and fun fact, it occurs 269 times within 27 verses in the New Testament. Very fun fact. Very fun fact. Um, and so I guess we'll do the first part of this. Um, as we all know, we're called to go out and make disciples of all nations. Um, so if you look at Matthew 28, 19 through 20, it says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the, in the name of the Father and of the Son and the, of the Holy Spirit teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. What is that called? There's a name for that. In, the Great Commission is what that is. Just in case you, you're wondering, that when everybody says the Great Commission, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. So, um, we are called, we're, we all know that we're called to be disciples and go make disciples of all nations, um, and some of us may ask, well, what does that look like? Uh, well, it looks like going to someone who's willing to learn and live life with that person. And then daily, we're supposed to be sharing the truth of the scriptures with that person um, that we are discipling and show them the way that we've been shown to go ourselves. Right. And honestly, for me, um, I told them, you know, they've got the, they'll be quoting a few scriptures, going into some Greek and things like that um, throughout this podcast. But me, personally, I wanted to come at this from the point of view of Jesus and his disciples, because I think what we lack um, in the westernized church today is we think discipleship is a is a program or a 12-step thing or uh, something like that, but realistically, if you look at Jesus and his disciples, he lived life with these people. They traveled together. They, were, they, they didn't see each other twice a week. That's not how that worked. It was an everyday thing. And every day getting in the dirt of one another's life and teaching them and, and guiding them, like, in person. I think right. we, we've we cheapened discipleship in, in America here because we've made it where discipleship is, hey, I'm going to go to a church on a Sunday morning and I'm going to sit in a pew and I'm going to listen to one guy. I'm sorry, that's not discipleship. Maybe that's teaching, but that's not discipleship. Discipleship is a personal thing. It's, it's, yeah. it's hey, I mean, I've, I've been discipling him. I, you see me more than once a week, don't you? Oh, yeah. All the time. Yeah, all the time. Almost I, daily. So, like, and, and when he doesn't see me, we hear from each other. It's We're constantly yeah. in contact, constantly lifting one another up, constantly teaching each other things. It's not a one-sided thing. Right. We're discipling one another. Um, because in the beginning, I was discipling him. But then he got to a point where he started discipling me, and now we're both, we're both, we're both feeding and, and sharpening one another. So... I, it, we've we've cheapened this word disciple or discipleship in the church where we've made it into this, um, hey, go through this program and I'll fit you into where you belong in the church. First off, 
discipleship was never intended for us to figure out how we how we are served inside the church. Right. We know that because what we see as the common day church here in America is not the same church that we would have that they would have been discussing in the in the, in the New Testament. Um, yes, they still gathered. Yes, they still did things, but not in the way that we think. Mm-hmm. Um, but nevertheless, I won't get too far into that right now. That'll be a whole other podcast. Um, but it's important to realize that discipleship is not what happens on a Sunday morning. It's just not. It's impossible because discipleship is a personal thing. You cannot disciple one guy. Cannot disciple four hundred fifty people no. at once because they all need different things. You have to actually like know that person, know what they struggle with, be able to get down and dirty with that person, and help them out of that struggle. That's we need more than a couple of hours a day to disciple each other. Yeah, right. I mean, the the people that disciple me. I mean, when when I started to be discipled, I, I literally I didn't have a car, so I had guys literally coming and picking me up like every day to spend time with me, and we'd go to the gym, and we'd go out to dinner, and we would they would spend time with me, and we would just go through scripture, and and they'd ask me, hey, what are you struggling with? What can I pray for you? Well, how, how can I support you? How can I serve you? They were willing to get into the nitty-gritty of my life and say, what do you need? That's discipleship. I mean, look at Jesus, how he, he teaches his disciples. And he doesn't just teach them. Here's another thing. He doesn't just teach them the, the Bible. Because back then they didn't have the Bible. They would have had the Torah, the, the Old Testament. And yes, he, they would have known that and they would have been being taught that. But one of the biggest ways that you see Jesus teach is by, by example. He does something, or he'll teach, and then he'll explain it to his disciples. But a lot of his stuff is like, hey, we're going to go and serve this person. We're going to go pray for this person. We're going to do these things. Or we're going to meet this need. We're going to feed the 5,000. These are like real-world things that, yeah. that he's taking the disciples through. But here's the issue when it comes to discipleship. Um, nobody wants to do it. Nobody. Let me, let me be honest. I When I when I finally became a Christian, I, I'd... I faked around being a Christian for probably a year and a half, two years, uh, for for a while. Um, And when I finally gave my life to the Lord, when I finally said, you know what, my life is garbage, and if you're real God, do something with it. And he did. Took me up on it. Um, I was in a church where I could literally find no one to disciple me. Right. Um, The people I did reach out to didn't have any interest because discipleship takes a commitment that most people are not willing to give. It takes time. It's not just like a one-time thing. It's literally living life with them. I would go, I would even go as far as to say that discipleship, discipleship in short, is a life process. Right, because you're never done being a disciple. Right. And you're never done discipling. It's there. a commitment for life. Like, it's not just like, oh, hey, let me help you out with that and then be gone. Like, no, like, it's, it's a There's commitment. There's always room to grow and space to improve, and we also need to be in constant fellowship with other believers, which is all part of a discipleship. <laughs> right, and I, I just want to reiterate, and then I'll let you guys get back on, on your scriptures and stuff. Uh, I think, again, we, we've keepened it in America, where we've decided that if you go to one small group a week, and you do something that you enjoy, like puzzles or... Um, Working out. What, whatever that may be. Whatever. Um, we call that discipleship. That's not discipleship. It's fellowship. It bar- well, Barely. It, it depends on what your definition yeah. of fellowship is. Well, that that topic's coming here in a few weeks. We've actually got it on our roster. We're going to talk about fellowship, true biblical fellowship. But 
discipleship is an intentional act. It's not something that you, you just get together and you do something. Right. It's intentional. You're there to build people up in Christ, not just hang out, not just have a good time. You're not there to enjoy yourself, but rather actually like talk no. about biblical things. Put in the work to like right. sharpen one another and encourage one another and lift one another up. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with going to a small group or going to church on a Sunday morning. Those are great. We go to a church on a Sunday morning. We gather with some wonderful believers on a Sunday morning. It's probably the best place I've ever gone in my entire life. Seriously. I am blown away by this place. Um, but, like, I would never say, oh, I'm, I'm discipled on a Sunday morning. I'm taught on a Sunday morning. And, man, we were taught good. Mm-hmm. It's one of those places where you know you can be fed well right. um, on a Sunday morning. But that's if that's... If that's the only time you're discipled, you are going to starve to death as, as, as a believer. Um, so it's important to realize that if, if you have a hunger to be discipled, you need to be discipled on a regular basis. And if you have a hunger to disciple somebody, which you should, it's a great commission, mm-hmm. it needs to be an, an everyday thing. It can't just be a... It, it can't just be a... Uh, a once in a while, even a once a week thing, because how hard is it to to have a positive effect on somebody's life if you're only reaching out to them once a week? Yeah, I mean, there's no, a lot, mean, lot, lot can happen. A lot happens in a week. Yeah. You got to think there's you got there's only there's only 52 weeks in a uh, in a year, so you reach out to them once a week. You only reach out to them 52 times. 52 times out of a 365 day year. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, that's you're you're not going to get a lot of discipleship done. Yeah. But that that's kind of my point. It's like. We need to stop cheapening discipleship. Discipleship is something that happens in a very small group, and it's an intimate thing. It's a thing where you really get into the dirt of people's lives, and you and you build people up, and you teach them, and you and you instruct them, and you give them examples of what what it looks like to be a, be a Christ follower or a disciple. Um, it's not this. Hey, let's get together and do this, or let's get together and. And have a small group about puzzles or whatever that may be. Again, there's nothing wrong with those things. So don't think that I'm saying that you're going to hell because you play, you have, you put together puzzles on Wednesday. He likes puzzles, so like nothing wrong with puzzles. Working on a two thousand piece one right now. Yeah, he, he likes puzzles. Nothing wrong with puzzles, but don't call it discipleship because you're cheapening discipleship and it's dangerous. That's why we're doing this because we want people to know what true discipleship is so we can stop calling everything in their brother oh, I'm, I'm discipling them it's like no you went you went and took a hike and that's yeah. good good for your health but if Jesus wasn't preached yeah. if something wasn't taught that's not discipleship right you can't go to and, and hang out and focus on all kinds of other stuff and then not once talk about God or maybe even just once talk about God like it has to that's like, that's literally the, the Disciple, point it's of intentional. being there yeah it's intentional. Discipleship is intentional. Yeah. Um, and then I don't know if you wanted to go for it. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So a really good example of discipleship um, in the Bible is Acts 2, uh, 42 through 47. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, and the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together, and had all things in common, and sold their possessions and goods, and divided them among all, as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, 
praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. I just want to add to that. It says, so continuing daily with one accord. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. And steadfastly is devoted to being constant in, um, doing it, persevering without fail, so without slacking. Yeah, it doesn't say that they continued weekly. Or occasionally. Or occasionally, is it's daily, like intentional thing so um and yeah and in, in order to even have any opportunity to make a disciple or any or anything like that we gotta kind of gotta be studying our bibles like right can't just we've, we've talked about that before yeah we've that's one of our other podcasts um so we definitely got to be studying our bibles uh and i'll read the next one um, it's john 15 1 through 8 it says i am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit itself, unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, uh, and they are burned. If you abide in me, if you you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples. So as disciples, we need to bear fruit. I mentioned it several times, to bear much fruit. Um, And to bear fruit, we need to abide in God. And to abide in God, we must spend time with Him, whether that be in prayer or studying His Word. And by doing so, He'll abide in us through the Holy Spirit, who will help us walk in faith and obedience to God. Amen. Yeah, and I think, again, we're, we're going back and forth. So we know an idea of what it means to be a disciple and then discipleship. So to be a disciple is to be a learner, to right. be somebody that's mm-hmm. prepared to to learn and to accept what someone is teaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think another part of being somebody that's able to disciple and then being somebody that's the, dis- yeah, the disciple and the discipler, um, both parties have to have humility. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's talked about enough. Um, that was something that I, and I think I, I feel like you and I have discussed this um, at one point when I, you know, when I was talking about discipling you and you were realizing that you needed to be discipled. Yeah. Um, I told yeah, you. We had like a whole like three hour conversation when we just hashed everything out. Right. And, and, I, and I, I think I brought up in that conversation of like, listen, in order for me to be able to truly disciple you, you will have to submit to me, not in a I'm better than you kind of way, but in a I trust you enough to listen to what you have to say. Um, And that's a big part of being a disciple and being able to disciple because both parties have to be humble and honestly ready to be corrected when wrong. Um, Because again, I'm not always right. I've been studying scripture for a a good while now, but I'll still listen to him if he's got a differing opinion. Because if not, then what does that say to him? That I don't value what he has to say? Uh, He thinks he's better than me or he thinks he's smarter than me. I may not always like what he has to say, but that doesn't mean that I don't listen to it. Um, another thing is, I think that 
I I feel like honestly in the in today's church we people I don't know if people realize they need to be discipled anymore. Yeah, I, I think that people automatically think that they are a disciple the moment that they start following Jesus. That they pray and right. they say this prayer, which there's no such thing as a sinner's prayer, by the way. It's good to pray, but like it's more about your heart than you know. The, the Bible never mentions a sinner's prayer, but that's a whole side thing there. But you, you are a disciple the moment you give your life to Jesus, but you haven't been discipled. Right. The point to realize that when you come to Jesus, you need to be discipled. This guy spent, both of them, spent years in the church, years in the church, never discipled. Mm-hmm. But the moment that somebody took the time to say, you know what, I see what you need, and I'm here. And they took the time to pour into them and disciple them. They took off like rockets. But the issue is, nobody wants to take the time to do it. Right, and not only that is that. When when you finally stepped in to try to try to start discipling me, it wasn't like you just randomly showed up. Like he had been trying for a long time to get me to to like listen to him and like actually value what he says. And so it's like even if even if it's hard to disciple somebody, like you like he did, you should continue to keep chasing that person because. Because correction, uh, it's always hard to disciple right. someone. Always, yeah. He was a, he was a special story because he was somebody that had been going to church for a very long time and was living this kind of uh, self righteous like I I go to church and do what I and then go home and do what I want kind of thing. And three I put in my hours. Three years it took the Lord to get his heart to a place where he was ready to really bow his knee to Jesus and be discipled. Um, but praise God, he allowed me to be there to, to be a part of that. Cause there were, there were, there was a moment when the Lord, I felt an unction from the Lord to, to take a step back. Um, and the Lord blessed me three years later to be able to be the one discipling him and bringing him up in the way of the Lord. So that's a huge blessing, but discipleship's always hard. Yeah. If it's not, you're probably not doing <laughs> right, it right. right. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard because yeah. like people are difficult. People it's are dis- also difficult to be like to correct to correct people right. on, on things. It's because like, people don't like to be corrected. Yeah. Um, but it, it is it is always hard. I yeah, promise. We actually have this saying: it's when you're confronted with truth, you either have the option to be convicted or offended. Most people choose offended. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so. And that's not a Bible verse. Right, no, that's just our saying. That's something that I that I like to say because I think it rings true. I mm-hmm. think that. When you're confronted with truth, you can either be offended by it or you can be convicted by it. Specifically, biblical truth. Right. Um, because I think that's the two options we have. Because even if I've, I'm in the process of working on something in Scripture and, I, and it's presented to me, I'm still going to be convicted because I know that I don't have it completely right. right. Or I can be offended, which no growth comes from being yeah. offended. But I think that's a big thing is like, Discipleship's hard. It's not going to be easy. Mm-hmm. When if you've never discipled somebody and you start, there's going to be days where you're like, I could move to Mexico and never come back. <laughs> Trust me, I've been there. There is a <laughs> there is a point. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> there were there, there there were days when I was with a really big group of young adults where things had gotten so crazy that. I was ready to just walk away and just find a little cottage in the woods and never talk to people again because 
it's hard to disciple people. It's hard to be there for people. It's hard to get into the, the dirt of people's lives. But I bring, I take comfort because I can lay those burdens upon the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, he says, my yoke is easy, my burdens are light. Um, and I can, I can trust him with those things. Because frankly, if it wasn't for Jesus, if I had to disciple somebody in my own strength, all of my hair would be gone. I would just fall out. And I'm like, I like my beard quite a bit. Like, I'd be pretty upset. But like, realistically, if I could, if I didn't have Jesus in the midst of this, I would go crazy. And that's another important thing. If you discipling somebody makes you a better Christian, mm-hmm. it really does because it keeps you on your game. You can't be slacking yeah. and discipling somebody because they're looking at you. They're looking at you to lead them in how they're who and how they're supposed to be. Um, and if you're over here caught up in all these different sins and you're slacking and you're not doing what you're supposed to do, then it, it you're not able to truly disciple them the way you're supposed to. Um, I mean, you see Jesus with his disciples. If you want to talk about something that's not easy, look at Peter. Peter was one crazy apostle. A dude's like, he's impulsive as they come. I mean, he, Peter's... He sees Jesus he in the water. The guys here. Yeah, he, see, <laughs> he see, sees Jesus coming to the water and goes, "Call me out of this boat." I'm walking on that water. Right, uh, dude. Dude, take dude grabs Jesus. Peter taking his ear off. Which <laughs> let, let's be clear. Let, let's be clear about that story. Nobody aims for somebody's ear. Peter was aiming for his throat. I'm just saying. Miss, if, yeah. Yeah, if, if I'm if I'm trying to save my Lord, I'm not trying to cut off your ear. <laughs> right. That guy must have got out the way just in time because mm-hmm. Peter was not going for that either. But you look at the people, I mean, and Peter's also the one that, that Jesus said, you know, get behind me, Satan, because Jesus is like, hey, this is like, I'm, my life's going to be sacrificed, all this stuff's going to happen. And Peter's like, oh, well, that'll never happen. And and Jesus is like, get behind me, Satan. You want to talk about the hard discipleship? Jesus had some of the most bonehead people we've ever seen, <laughs> and we're all like that. Don't mistake in, don't, don't don't mistake in that. We're all we're all like the disciples. The only difference is they have Jesus in in the flesh, and we've got we've got the Holy Spirit inside of us, and we're all still just as dumb. <laughs> <laughs> yep. um, but yeah, I think the reason that I honestly wanted to do this podcast, this specific topic for this podcast, is because I really am frustrated with what we've made we've made discipleship mean in today's in today's thing and also this is something else that i've i've ran into there's no such thing as just one person discipling somebody like yeah right now i might be the one guy that's mainly discipling him but like i've literally had people come to me and and they they've wanted to hang out with him and they're like well like you know you're discipling him though and i'm like what that doesn't mean anything <laughs> Like I, I didn't I didn't like reserve rights right. to, to his discipleship. It's My like, disciple. Like that's not how that works. Like like we're all Christians. We're all iron sharpening iron. We're all feeding and, and, and encouraging and lifting up one another. We should be discipling each other. Right. It should, it should be like that. It's constant discipleship. I've been following the Lord for over four years now, and He's brought me further than I ever thought I'd ever be. Um, and I'm still being discipled, still being pushed, and still being grown and convicted. And the Lord's still working on me, and He's never going to be done working on me until I'm standing in front of Him in glory. Mm-hmm. Discipleship, just like sanctification, is a lifetime process. Yep. It's yep. not something that just, you know, happens one time and you're done. Mm-hmm. And I think that we we convince each other, like we convince one another that in the church is like we we get like a leadership position and we're like, all right. 
I'm finally done being discipled. It's like, no. You can't prove yeah, that. Yeah, and they also think that they get when they get like leadership positions or whatever that they that they're all of a sudden um, like higher or greater than the person who discipled them, and that's not the case. In Luke six forty, it says it's important to realize the disciple is never above his teacher, but rather like his teacher. So, right, because we're all on that same playing field when it mm-hmm. comes. Like we're all the we're all disciples. Right. So, like, you're just a disciple that's been discipled, that's been... It's it's this line of, like, going out and discipling people. And the whole reason that, like, the importance of discipleship is if you disciple somebody and then they go out... Or you say you disciple two people and then they go out and they disciple two people and then they go out and... Like, like, we have to ask ask each other. We we look at the church right now and we've got a, a large number of, unfortunately, probably lukewarm believers. Um, if we are discipling the way that we're supposed to, would those people exist? No. Yeah. Absolutely not. <clears throat> nope. Um, you can say that your church has a discipleship program, but frankly, and maybe this is just my opinion, maybe, maybe I'm wrong, I'm welcome. If somebody, there, we have an email, people of the way, 0407 at gmail.com. If you want to have a conversation about the statement I'm about to make, have at it. I'm, I'm more than happy to have a conversation, but, um, I think that you can tell how important discipleship is to you and your congregation by what your congregation looks like. By what fruit they have. Yeah, by what (laughs) fruits they bear. Um, Because there's no better way to see how important you hold discipleship than looking at the people around and seeing if they've actually been discipled. Um... I can go into a place and go, yeah, they they might have a discipleship program, but they either the congregation either doesn't care or the church doesn't care because which they're one and the same. Um, all of that being said, is discipleship is important. Frankly, and until you're truly discipled, you are very much just kind of wandering around with no with no goal. Right. I was like that. When I became a believer, I was, oh my God, I was um, very zealous, very passionate. I'd read my Bible, no idea what it meant. Right. Even when I, when he, when I, he first started discipling me, just, just starting out, like, I was like, oh, like, like zealous, like he said and everything. And so, you, you gotta, you gotta be able to have someone be able to tell you, like, Whenever I, I get frustrated with something, I'll go to him and be like, hey, man, like, this is what I want to say. This is what I want to say. And he's like, well, like we, we need to know. It's good to have knowledge, but we need to know how to use the knowledge. So it's important to have somebody right. be we, able we, to tell it, you. It's good to be zealous, but you have to pair that with wisdom. Yeah. And we have that conversation many times. for each other. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. When I think about really discipleship and new believers and things like that, it's like we've got two issues right now. We've got the new believer that comes, and they are... They're like a they're like a boat motor that's just revving. They're ready to go. But the issue is, unless they have somebody somebody point them in the right direction, they're just gonna they're, they're, they're going to end up just aimlessly going yeah. anywhere. Sometimes in circles. Um, that's what happened to me. I was in the Bible, but I I didn't know like okay. I said yes to Jesus. The Holy Spirit was in me. I knew without a doubt that He was added in me. But I'm like, where do I go from here? Right. Um, and then when I found people to point me in the right direction, I was gone. I mean, I was gone. I mean, I. I started eating up God's word. I mean, my life just changed before my, my very eyes um, because somebody pointed me in the right direction. But the issue is, is you could be zealous as you want, but if somebody doesn't point you in the right direction, 
you're never going to get where to, where you need to be. But and then the, the the second part of that is we have people that go and they're they're new believers and they're zealous and they're passionate and they're they're revved up ready to go, but nobody ever points them in the right direction. So this is what happens: they they'll end up either going in circles or they'll end up never leaving the port and they yeah. burn and they burn out. Right, and also like new believers, some sometimes will be almost like bombs, <laughs> ready to go off. And if if there's no one pointing them in the right direction, they're just going to go blow up everything. And then eventually, because they have no one building them up or anything, they're probably going to eventually their their fuse is going to run out, and they're just going to go right. back to how they were because nobody showed them the, the way to go. So how many times have we we so I my wife and I we spent some time the home church and stuff and we it was it was a great time in our lives um and it's funny because people would refer to us as radical christians um really we were just christians um but they called us radical because we believed in the bible and what it said um and we discipled one another deeply discipled one another uh we lived life together by every every definition you could think of we they were always saying that yeah, we, we lived life together. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it was a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, if somebody had a need, it was met. I mean, they helped us get our first car. But, I mean, they, they came together and literally helped us get our first car. And, I mean, all of these things. But we were called radical Christians because we discipled one another. We believed in what Scripture says. Um, and I think that's how it looked at. Oh, well... You must be one of those radical Christians, or, or I hear this a lot. Well, they're so zealous right now that that'll burn out. Mm-hmm. Okay, listen, that's not okay. Right, shouldn't be expected for them to burn out. You know why it burns out? Because nobody's being discipled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fire burns, can only burn for so long if right. it's not tended. If it's not, yeah, if it's not, if it's not stoked, if it's not fed, that's the word I was like, stoked. Yeah, if it's and not, if, if it's not stoked, and it, and if if more logs are not put on, it, the fire will go out. You're right, but it shouldn't. And we shouldn't be like, oh, they'll go out, right? And then they can be like me, like no. right. It's like no, like we should want to build one another up and see that fire blaze mm-hmm. brighter and brighter. It says, "Let your light so shine before men, so your so, so they see your good works and glorify your Father who's in heaven." That's in the Bible. <laughs> I don't know. It's in Matthew somewhere, I think. Uh, but, like, we shouldn't want that fire to go out. We shouldn't expect it to go out. We should go, man, look at that passion. Let me help them direct it in the right place. Right. That's discipleship. Teaching somebody how to handle, appropriately handle God's truth and how to, and how to look like Jesus. Mm-hmm. And if that's not our goal, then what are we doing? Right. Um, and then I also wanted to, because uh, we were um, studying for this earlier, and, I, and we came across this scripture, and instantly I was like, "What? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's contradictory." Um, and then he explained it, and I was like, "Ah, it makes sense." So, uh, and I know that he also said somebody else also had this misconception of what the scripture says and all that stuff. Um, so I just wanted to, to take a t- take a second and discuss the misconception in the scripture um, that we're looking at. With, when you, with the word world in it, or not world, hey. oh my gosh, the word disciple in it. Um, and it says, uh, Luke, if, right? yeah, Luke, it's Luke 14 26. Um, it says, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Well, that's weird. 
Because if we look at the Ten Commandments, we see on the fourth one that it says, honor your father and mother. So why is Luke 14, 26 telling us that we got to hate our father and mother, wife and children, and brother and sister? Uh, and that's, all, that's what I was confused about, too. Um, but let's take a step back and actually look at what that scripture is talking about. Um, so if we look at the Greek word for hate in this scripture, which I've never heard this before. He knew it, but I've never heard this. Uh, it was really interesting. Um, it said the... Greek word for hate in the scripture is meseo, meaning, by the Strong's definition, to love less. So the scripture is saying if you don't love your father, mother, wife, and children, brothers and sisters less than you love me, then you cannot be my disciple. Right, and it's important because, you know, when he read that, he was like, oh, the contradiction. I was like, <laughs> it's not. Like, it, it, it's, it's not. It's funny, I really did have this conversation on Saturday with somebody of like, Scripture is not telling you to hate your mother and your father. And honestly, the more that you study Scripture, the more you realize that you read something and go, I know that's not what that actually means. Mm-hmm. Because if it means that, then the Bible's a liar. But and if not, yeah, it doesn't contradict yourself ever. Yeah. Well, there, there's like, in the Gospels, there's like, not really contradictory mm-hmm. things, but there's like little pieces here and there that, that are a little different because they're different points of views and different things like that. But... This is not one of those cases. This is not telling you to hate your mother and father. What it's saying is, as Dylan pointed out, is don't let it be an idol in your life. We're talking about idolatry here. Mm-hmm. We're, ta- we're saying if you put anything above God, including your wife, your kids, your husbands, your car, whatever it may be, that's idolatry. And we're being warned against that. And on the note of idolatry, here in a few weeks, we're actually going to do a podcast on idolatry. So keep your eyes out, ears out for that as well, um, because that's going to be crazy um but it's also really really important that we talk about it mm-hmm. um and caitlin actually found um another scripture that says that exact same thing as it says in luke mm-hmm. um so you it's matthew 10 27 through 28 it says he who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me and he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me and he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me so here it's just saying that if you love those people more than you love me, then you're not worthy of me, which is what he explained. Right. Um, and it's the same, it's in the gospel, it's the same kind of scripture that he's saying there. Um, and then also it says, um, if you don't take your cross and follow me, um, then you're not worthy of me. So what does it mean to take up your cross and follow him? Um, Luke 9, 23-25, it says, Then he said to them all, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. So as disciples and followers of Jesus Christ, we need to be willing to sacrifice whatever it takes in order to fully submit ourselves to God um, and to live in obedience to him. Um, So Jesus gave his life for us, so who are we to withhold our lives from him? Um, You know, our lives are temporary, and so are the things of this world. And compared to eternity, um, it says, what does it profit? It's not worth destroying our souls. Yeah, what, is it, what is it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his soul? soul right. yes. Um, it's not worth um, destroying our souls just to get temporary satisfaction from for our flesh. We profit nothing from that. Right, and I think, uh, just to reiterate on your point about the follow me, um, as a disciple, which we're all disciples, for number one, follow him. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to follow him, you probably have to decide to not follow follow yourself. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
Yeah, um, you can't serve two masters. So you can't. It's not like you can say, "Well, I'll follow you," but I'll also go. To, I've also got something to do over over there. Um, that's not how that works. So he says, "Follow me," and it means to go after him immediately. Immediately, yeah. No hesitation. Yeah, no, no hesitation. No. Um, well, I'll do it after my dad dies, or after I. Well, I'll do it after I do what I want first. Right, because unfortunately, I think a lot of us are in that boat where, well, and I, I lived a life like that. I, I even as a child, I had this idea of, you know what, if Jesus is real, I'll just wait till I'm around eighty. I'm on my hospital bed, and I'll say a prayer, and then I'll slide into the kingdom of heaven. Not, you know, as a by the skin of my teeth. By the skin of my teeth, I, I fully believed that I was going to do that. Um, and I now I realize if that's your heart posture, the I don't know if the Lord will will acknowledge that or not. Right. Because again, we're saved by grace through faith, um, and big part of that is repentance. Mm-hmm. You know, us turning away from this, our self will, our own, our own life, and is it true repentance? If you intentionally waited until the very last moment of your life to go, oh, now I'm sorry, right? And you also can't, you also can't be like, oh, well, like I got some things that I got to work on before I have have a relationship with Christ. It's just like that waiting till you're about to die on your deathbed thing. It's, right? There's a Lecrae song. I'm, uh, it's like one of his older albums that talks about. Um, I have to clean myself up before I can come to Christ. It's like, no. It's the exact opposite. Romans 5, 8 says, when we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Not when, after we got done fixing ourselves, right. Christ died for us. Because there is no fixing you, by the way. There's nothing you can do in your own power to be good right. enough. Mm-hmm. Um, you, we come to him in our mess and say, you know what? I acknowledge that I've sinned against you, Lord. I acknowledge that I have wronged you. And I'm sorry, and I no longer want to live this life. And he'll take that from you, mm-hmm. and he'll come to you. In case you're wondering what the next step is after 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 that moment, find somebody to disciple you. Yeah, because that disciple that that process of disciple that life process of discipleship is when changes start to happen. Right, and we talked about sanctification a few times on here, but that feeds into that sanctification. Mm-hmm. If you're discipled, it starts that process of sanctification where you are. Made to look more like Jesus, made to look, made to be more set apart. That's the, that's the, with the definition of identification, set apart, holy, all, all these things. Um, also, so, it starts that process of renovation of the mind. Right, this renewing of the mind. Back, yeah. yeah, it all, it, it all, it's all intertwined. Um, so, I know we've touched on a few different things here, and hopefully, you can really pull something from it. Um, but if we can do any takeaways, it's you need to be discipled. If you've never been discipled, if you have even a a small inkling of hmm, I don't know if I was I was ever actually discipled. Do something about it. Find somebody that you trust in the faith and ask them if they'll disciple you. And if you are a believer that is filled with the Spirit and you know God's word and you're not discipling somebody, you should be. Mm-hmm. It is your job. It is a great commission. You need to find somebody to disciple and pour into because it's gonna it's gonna help them and it's gonna help you. And it's a command from the Lord. Yeah. Um, please. There's tons of people too. Yeah, there's tons of people that, that, so. have, that have not been discipled. Um, people that are in the in the church, mm-hmm. people that are sitting in the pews next to you. Right. Yeah. Exactly. 
uh, again, they may be hearing stuff on a Sunday morning, but there's a huge difference between being taught on a Sunday morning and truly being discipled. Getting into the dirt of somebody's life is a whole lot different than just throwing some scripture at them. Mm-hmm. We're called to get into the dirt of people's lives and help them and teach them and instruct them in the way that they're uh, in the way that they're supposed to go. So, number one, if you haven't been discipled, get discipled. Get discipled. And if you if you're if you aren't discipling and you and you feel like you're prepared to do so, you need to do it. If you're not prepared to do so, you should probably get prepared to do so. Right, because if you're, which comes from being discipled. Right, so you, yeah. If you, if, you, if you don't feel that you're prepared, then maybe you've not been. Yeah, if you've not, then it means that you may not have been completely discipled or discipled wrong. Yeah. And you go back and you need to be be again. It's, it's discipleship is a continuous thing. Really a circle. My my goal, for, uh, frankly, for him as a disciple is. I want to disciple him to the point where he can go and disciple somebody else. That's how I know I've done my job. Right. If he can go and start discipling somebody else, then I know that I can have a proud dad moment, <laughs> and I know that I know that he's he's doing what he's supposed to do. I know that I've done what, I, that I'm, what I'm supposed to do, and then I'm going to somebody else. And I've tried, yeah, uh, three times. No, but it's it's a work in progress. So right, yeah, because I've watched him attempt to disciple people, but sometimes. People don't want to be discipled because yeah, and it's hard to get to be bold in those moments and and like be intentional about that discipleship. Like we, yeah. It's, but anyway, it's hard. Let's let's. So. I just want to put this out there. What what is what is the Greek definition for disciple? Disciple. So disciple. A learner. Oh, a learner. Okay, I got you, yeah. So if we're, we are all disciples, we are learners. We need to continuously be humble learners. Prepared to receive correction and encouragement. And as the body of Christ, we need to build one another up. Mm-hmm. We need to continue to disciple one another and sharpen our iron sharpens iron. We need to be more intentional about this because we've got a world that thinks that we're just a bunch of hateful bigots. Mm-hmm. Now, some of that is just because we stand for truth. But some of it's also because we're a bunch of hateful bigots. Because we're not discipling people the way that we're supposed to. People don't realize that we're supposed to be done for our love. They don't realize that we are supposed to be preaching the compassion and mercy of Jesus Christ. Um, They don't understand a lot of these things because people are not being discipled. So we go out here and we've got a bunch of um, Christians that are out here obsessed with the things of the world because nobody ever taught them to be obsessed with the things of God. Now, there are certain aspects of discipleship that you're responsible for on your own. Mm -hmm. There, There is some self control necessary but you should also be taught as well right because when you're being discipled you can't just expect the person yeah. who's discipling you to do the work do, for yeah, you yeah do the work for you like if you, you disciple me and I didn't like read my bibles uh, all kinds of stuff like then I wouldn't, wouldn't yeah even if I'm doing my part if I'm doing my part but he's not doing his so I'm just like oh okay listening and then next minute I'm just like so there is some self-control yeah. that comes from that. There is a responsibility on mm-hmm. the disciple disciple part. But so it's not all on the person that's discipling the person. It's it's a it's a group thing. It's this I'm going to disciple you, but I trust you to do the things that you need to do. Mm-hmm. It takes effort on both sides. Right. So be a learner, be a humble learner, and go and disciple some people so we can change this broken people that we have right now we it we need to acknowledge that we failed and we have lessened the meaning of discipleship and we can do better 
we can repent and we can say, you know, you know what, we're going to do better. No more cheapening it. No more calling it something it's not. We're going to get our hands dirty, and we're going to do what we're called to do. Mm-hmm. Called to be known by the love we have for one another. So, and we're going to teach people mm-hmm. and instruct people that way. And as always, Jesus agape is you. We, we agape, agape you. you. See, see you next time. <laughs>